Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Mike Duffy. And as you can see tonight, I'm joined by Katie. Uh, and we're here to talk about the away game on Sunday against QPR. Uh, obviously, first game of the season, we played QPR and won 4-0. First game of the season, we we played QPR and we had Paul on as well. And Paul is from the QPR podcast. Paul, thank you very much for joining us. How things, mate? You all good? Yeah, yeah flashback 4-0. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> well, I uh, I couldn't help but uh, but mention it. And uh, and yeah. Katie, we've uh, we've not spoke on here since we uh, we we met in person for the first time. All the voices of the Vic were there for the Chesterfield game. Uh, you enjoy yourself? All good since then as well. Yeah, no, all good. Um, it was nice to see everyone mm. the other week, um, and hopefully we can see each other more. Yeah, and uh, hopefully we won't make hard work again like we did that time round against Chesterfield. Uh, yeah, that the lesser we, the better on that one. But let's uh, focus on this weekend's opposition. Obviously, QPR again. That has come round quick. Like genuinely, not just saying this. The first game of the season feels like last month, and now it's the reverse fixtures are coming round. And you know, January transfer windows open. Business end of the season, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But, Paul, since we met on that opening day, there's been a change, managerial change, but it's not us. It's with you guys. Gareth Ainsworth's out, and I'm going to completely butcher this. Marty Kifuentes has come in. Yes, he's come in. He joined from uh, Hammarby in the Swedish first tier. What was the reaction like to his arrival? Because I get the sense there was a lot of people that wanted Ainsworth out, and you were sort of maybe just happy to get someone else in. What what was the general reaction around his appointment? Considering he's never worked in England before, I think it was the trouble with the modern world is. Sorry, you probably hit my washing machine. It's um, it's it's on its way to find Musk's um, space shuttle. Um, it's it's a weird one because we, we kind of it wasn't working under Gareth. I mean, the four 0 at Watford was probably. A massive warning sign and it just got worse after that and it got worse and worse and worse so a change with it was inevitable and um sadly we killed a, a bit of a qpr legend there um so when Cervantes came in or Cervantes, i would pronounce it, i'm 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 the wrong person you have to have dyslexic i shouldn't be doing this um he tried and he talked wonderfully and he's done podcasts and his technique and how he talks about things is absolutely outstanding however after five or six games, 
he had the same look that um, Ainsworth had and Critchley had, which is just wow, what's just happened? Um, he set a team up that's gone out and probably done everything he's asked them not to do, and we find ourselves second from bottom, no money, not sure what kind of transfer deals we can do. We're talking about bringing back Chris Martin because he's been there before and his six months contracts at Bristol Rovers. It's a bit of a mess, really. It's sad because I think the fan base have had enough kicks in the last um, year or so to, to do it a lifetime. And I suppose I deserve that remark about the manager because I first came on, I took the mickey out of you lot and said, I wonder who's going to be the decorator for the second half. And I, 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 I know Karma would come back and bite me in the arse on that one. It's a strange one because, you know, it's it's there's a there's a really strange tension with the fan base. I'm sure we'll talk about it later on. Where it's kind of like it's inevitable that we you can't keep avoiding this relegation. You can't keep kicking the can down the road. You can't keep losing matches. Um, and some people just think, Do you know what? Get, I suppose it's like what you were like many years ago. Just get a window and we're, let's try and rebuild. But we mm. thought that we could rebuild in the championship, but we didn't think we rebuild in League One. There <laughs> is the issue. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, obviously, as I say, Kifuent has, has come in and uh, he's, it's a bit unknown to him. Um, I mean, I, I think it is still early days. You know, he's only had 13 games in charge. He's won three, drawn, uh, won three, drawn four and lost six. Now, the reason I mention early days is have QPR fans completely written him off already, or is there still a feel? What What's the feel around the job he's doing at the moment? Yeah, you can't blame him. Listen, it's way above him. It's it. This is from the top. This is um, with Chris Ramsey's left this season. Uh, Les Ferdinand's left before the start of the season. The chairman's left. Um, I'm a batia. It's you know a lot of there's been a lot of changes. Whatever happens, it's not on him, and he's got to be given time to be judged on his own team, his own squad. And his own mistakes. I think you know what he's trying to do is he's been given a group of players that he's trying to mould into a system that they're struggling with. If I'm being honest, they're playing out from the back. Um, as you've seen when we played through the start of the season, you know that's not our forte. It's not a great. You know we haven't really got the players to do that because we haven't brought them players in. But but well, I suppose you prefer keep doing it and keep going back to it and keep trying to get it right. But the trouble is when you're second from bottom, you've only got some. I mean, you say it's early days. It's We've won, I think we beat you last year, and then the game after that we won was only a few weeks ago. So it's it's a flipping worry, you know. It's and it's yeah, I'm I'm a little bit scared. I won't lie. I mean, I'd love to beat you guys. I'd love to beat anyone, and it's not just because it's Watford in the, the down the road, not London. I hasten to add down the road because I live in Barnet. Um, but I think we've got to start winning games, and let's hope it's Sunday because if we don't. We've got these four home games, and if we get, we don't get enough points out of these, and I think it's curtains. And you haven't won since beating Hull on the 9th of December, which was eight games ago. Uh, what do you feel that's gone wrong, maybe? Was it that long ago? Good God. <laughs> Before that, it was you lot in March. So you see, uh, and they put the season ticket prices up. Can you believe that? Two home wins last season. Won this season, the prices went up. Anyway, sorry. Um, yeah, the question again. Um, how do I feel? I, I feel terrified, scared, bewildered, 
but the gates are sticking. It's really weird. Our gates are really the fans are staying with us, but it's 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 hard. It's really hard. I feel for the fans. I am one. I've got immense sympathy for myself to keep turning up and seeing this someone away. Um, yeah, it's 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 a worry, and I'd like to say we've been robbed at every game, and we've lost every game because the referees in this league, as you know, are absolutely ridiculously rubbish. Um, but the league team doesn't lie. That's that's the only thing I can say. And we probably are what we deserve to be on results, and that that breaks my heart to say that because I want to claim injustice, but I can't. And um, so Chris. So Chris Ramsey, your technical director and head of coaching, has left the club after nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened there? Is that something that is a bit worrying for QPR fans? Um, God, you've done good research. And that's not to be patronising. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that one. It's a bit, I think they built themselves up to be a... We're going to bring youth in. We're going to um, feed the first team of youth. And they did bring youth through. Trouble is, they weren't good enough, and that's the reality. And they, they, they got the players got found out. Some are good at Tottenham and get what they've released. Like, um, as he came from Millwall, we had a few from Tottenham, um, and that kind of makes up the gap. And people, but the recruitment's been poor. Um, we've had you probably don't know, well, you probably do know this. I don't know. We've got, the, I think, in 10 years, we've got the most defeats in all leagues, and in the last five years, the most defeats. And our transfer policy has been buying players in, letting them go and freeze, or selling them for. I mean, Rob Dickey, a quality defender, came in for um, I think over a million, and we sold him for seven fifty. So he lost. He lost. We lost money in him, um, and that's not the model they want. So the model wasn't working. Les went at the start of the, before the season started, and it was ine- inevitable that um, Chris Ramsey went as well. The cynic out there could say that the streamlining. For a different division, um, because it's it's this is difficult because I don't know what cat your youth system is, but in where we are, it's very difficult. If we get a decent player, a, a Premiership team can just come and nick him for fifty grand, sixty grand, whatever, and you're paying compensation. And if you're spending three million pounds a season on a project that will only bring in forty or fifty grand, it's not worth it. It's it's it's, and we've got to change how we do that. We've got to look at different. Maybe do what Brentford did for a bit, which is what Warburton was trying to do, but then they got rid of Warburton because he fell out with the youth team and they had to do something, so they got rid of him. It's it's behind the scenes. I think it's a mess, and I'm you know I've said that in our podcast a, a few times. There's no cohesion. It's just kind of like the youth team are always trying to prove themselves, and the first team manager takes the um, carries a can for that failure. And I guess at some point that had to be resolved. And maybe Marty's come in and said, "Look, I'm not taking the blame for other people's mistakes. I want to be judged on my own mistakes." Yeah, it's uh, it is interesting to to see. Yeah, a, a man of nine years at a club doesn't just leave for no reason. So maybe, like you say, that that streamlining. Uh, I, I didn't think things had got that bad quite down there. I saw a couple of tweets from yourself, Paul, about uh, tweeting about League One already. And uh, I didn't think things had got that gloomy at QPR. I thought it was weird because mm. the new guy come in and he had a bit of a, a little bit of a manager bounce. And I thought, oh, QPR will be all right now. <laughs> I thought, they'll be all right now. And then it's, it's, it's back to sort of square one. And just looking ahead to, to Sunday, obviously, how do you expect QPR to, to sort of set up? What what formation would you look? How 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 are you playing under the new guy? Are you more aggressive? What what's a, what's the crap there? 
I think what we're going to do is we're going to get the ball up, run down the pitch, put up Bob wire, build a wall, and put seven goalkeepers behind the line and hope for a draw. Um, well, put it this here. Last week we were two nil up. My mate said, "Jesus, we can watch the FA Cup draw for the fourth round." Oh, that's another record we've got as well. We've got the worst FA Cup record as well. And I said, "I wouldn't be so sure about that." And sadly, I was right. He's trying his best. He's working whatever players he's got. He, he's he's trying this. Listen, they all do it. You've had enough overseas managers to know they love to play from the back. They love to try and get... They love the beautiful game played the beautiful way. Um, and the Championship is a hell of a learning curve for that. Um, it would have Swedish football similar in the robust nature of it and the the they get in the face a wee bit. And what we have been finding is that we have been kind of exiled by teams pushing way up, what they call these days, because I'm very old, they call the high press. We used to just call it running at people and seeing what happens. Um, and we've really suffered with the high press. We've really suffered with that. Teams coming at us and we've panicked and the keepers panicked and the defenders have panicked and we've been giving stupid goals away. And you can see the frustration on the manager. So I will take the worst game of football you've ever seen and it comes off someone's shoulder, arse or toe to go in and just get three points. And I will bite your hand off for the same result as last season. It is that desperate. It shouldn't be that desperate, but it is that desperate. We are literally fighting for our lives again. That's me being um, cheerful. <laughs> um, is there any um, injuries in the QPR squad? Injuries? Injuries? Half of them don't do anything to get injured. Um, <laughs> no, there's... The problem we have... And again, I'm going to go on a rant. I, I apologise to the Watford fans, and especially the ones in Bushy, who probably know a lot of QPR fans, because let's face it, Bushy's a half-and-half half area, as is Harrow. Um, it's it's a weird one. Chris Willick the other week, he's a great player. I've got no question about that. Got hit with a ball in the leg and went down injured. But it was literally the ball hitting him. And I've never seen that in my life. I was like, what's it going like? Wow, I don't expect him to run through brick walls, but that was a bit strange. And he, his mindset's gone a little bit. Um, injuries we've got, I mean, he rotates, you know, Cook gets rotated, Willock gets rotated, Reed Smith comes on and gets taken off after 65, 70 minutes. Um, Dykes will interchange with Sinclair, who will then um, come on and just run at people. I think Sinclair was the one that upset your goalkeeper at the start of the season. Um, yes. He's a big unit for 20 years of age. He's massive and when he actually stops growing, he's going to be a frightening specimen of a human being. But he's, he's still learning his trade. He should have been alone for two years, but he's had to play because we've had no choice. It's not so much injuries. It's this, I don't know if you guys do it, this sports science where, you know, so-and-so's played so many games, so he can't play Saturday. Yeah. He's, he's, he's in. Um, my theory is we've, we're, we've got to get out of the situation. We've got to play everyone who's fit. We've got to play our best team every week. We're still searching for a best team. There lies the problem. It's interesting you mentioned Sinclair because, uh, funnily enough, we had, I think, one of the other Watford podcasts did the Twitter space talking about transfers and they were asking people, like, who who do you want? And Sinclair's out of contract at the end of the season. And uh, especially if you boys go down, I, I'd snap him up because, like you say, he was him and Begovic were sort of the only shining lights in, in that game at Vicarage Road, Sinclair just looks a complete bully and he, he, he'll just do all the dirty work up top and could probably sit, sort of really fit into a Ishmael system and 
he might be the answer to the next question. But who is QPR's danger man? Because I was having a look before uh, before we come on air, and I always look at the top scorers of the other team, and I thought I thought something's wrong with my app here because I'm scrolling down and it's what for player uh, what for player where's the Q- uh, is it selected QPR and your top goal scorers you've got Ken Parr, Dykes and Willock are all on three and that's, <laughs> they are your top goal scorers. Mm. Um, so you upset the dog. Uh, no, no, it's okay. So I was like, wow, like I was expecting you to have someone like further up the, the table or something like that. So it might be it might be Armstrong, but it might be Dykes. Who is your danger man? Um honestly it's our goalkeeper at set pieces when you've got a corner. This goes a life out of me. Um no, um that's a problem. We've got no one to score goals. It's it's kind of like week after week. You're seeing chances. I mean, Field is a good fielder, in my opinion. In this league, he's such a good player. Um, but up top, Dykes, I don't think Dykes will ever be that striker to get you 25, 30 goals a season. But we haven't had that striker for years. We haven't had him for donkeys. I think Hugo was the last one to get 13 or 14. Our goal and stats are ridiculously bad for whatever reason. Um, Sinclair's still young. He's, we're not sure if he's going to be a winger or a forward or a combination of both. So it's just having that goal poacher, having that goal, goal striker. We just haven't got it. Um, maybe that's why they're going back in the market for Chris Martin because he does know where the net is, even if he doesn't. It takes him about three years to get there. Um, so it's it's a really, really obvious, simple, unaddressed problem we've had for years. We just can't score goals, you know, and it's and that worries me. Whereas Willock, on his day, is probably one of the best players in this league by country. Malcher. An absolutely outstanding player. Chur and, and Smith, when they're in song with Willock, would terrorise anyone, but it just doesn't seem to be happening for whatever reason. But they, they would, if they're on song and you've got like a Dykes or a Sinclair just to bully defenders and, and, and force the ball down and knock it in, then you've got a chance. But yeah, danger, danger is it striker-wise, as you said, you look at them stats, it doesn't look good. So we've got to look at different outlets to do it. And what would you say is sort of QPR's strongest area? Like, where will you be looking to prioritise for the game as where you can, you know, manage to sort of maybe get a win or something? Mm. We could set most traps in the tunnel. That'd be a good idea. Um, my football boots are made these days. You don't know if you've got the most traps. Um, we we do well. Um, no, uh, for midfield, field is strong. Um, you know, I'm struggling here to think of positivities. You, you put me on the spot here. Um, as I say, it depends on how we turn up, how we play. I mean, against Bournemouth, we played really well. Um, we went two 0 up, and then we decided, well, we've done our bit. The second half is here. Let's not bother. Um, and we went out of the cup. Um, I'd say our midfield is pretty strong. Our defense, I mean, Paul's a good player. Reggie Cannon's a good player, but he's not really much fit. It's not that the players aren't decent and they're not. It's just, it's just a mess. Um, I don't know. I think if, yeah, it, it, it's either going to be one of them games where I know you've probably gone to predictions later on. It will. I'll settle for one nil, and I'll settle for that by using the midfield just to silence you guys and stop the tippy tappy football from the back and just go direct. Use Dykes' strength and knock the ball onto either Willock or Smith or Chur and bring it in on side. 
and maybe sign Jesus and Moses in the transfer window and see if that helps because we've tried everything else in the last 10 years. But yeah, we've got to, yeah, we've got, yeah, uh, I don't know. Um, defensively, we're a bit of a shambles at set pieces. I think we've scored, we've let in so many three corners. It's, it's just, it's just getting ridiculous. So, so have we, to be fair. So it could be a happy days. Calamitous game. I've got an easier question for you then, Paul. If uh, if, if if this is anything, to if it's go about by. I don't think we're going to make it. I just want to put that out there. Okay, no. I think we've left it a bit yet, and we may not be there. So, any QPR fans here watching this, we're okay for a holiday in May. <laughs> yeah, and the the FA Cup is the day before the Championship playoffs. So, do you just throw it in there. No, no need to book any time off. No need to book any time off. Um, so that that was what you think was the strongest area. What areas can can Watford come to Loftus Road and, and think right? We need to hurt them here. Like what areas can we exploit? Oh, you can't. We're invincible. We're absolutely marvelous. You've never seen a team like it. The best team you'll see in London. Um, my fear would be an early goal for Watford. My fear would be that if they get an early one, it could get messy. Um, the longer the game goes on. Um, everyone gets anxious because um, we've got less space. We've both got very jittery boardrooms, so they get very jittery if we're not winning by ten minutes or fifteen minutes. And you know, um, so there's there's that. I I don't know. I think I worry about us and set pieces. I worry about us um, getting. You've got a lot of pace on your side. I noticed that when you put four past us. I thought, oh, they're quite fast. Um, so that would worry me. But who knows? You know, it's a it's a local-ish game, and you know I don't know how you guys are doing playoff-wise because I don't look at the table anymore because it terrifies me. <laughs> I don't know if you can still still got a sniff of getting in there, which of course you have, and you get. The trouble is, you're like us; you're trying to get a run together. Do you know what I mean? And in this league, it's so frigging difficult to get a run together. Either way, winning or or we are, and um, yeah, I think it could be. And if you score early, we could get messy. And the longer the game goes on, hopefully we'll get into it and just nick one at the end, which I will take all day long. <laughs> Even if it's on goal, I'll take anything. Bribery. Sorry, my daughter's just come home. Sorry. <laughs> she goes. In the yeah, that's up the ranges, Lily. Up the ranges. Carry on. In terms, oh yeah, sorry, Kate. It's your question. I've done that twice now. <laughs> <laughs> Which one are we on? What for? The so prediction. I, I suppose because I'm talking so much. I do talk a lot. Sorry, I'm no, very no. musical. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what do you think? If you had to be as positive as you could be, what would you give a score prediction? <laughs> um. <laughs> My heart says 2-1 Rangers and uh, and we buck the trains and we sort ourselves out and we make you the first victims of our climb towards the phoenix rising from the flames and survival <laughs> in the championship is on and we're flying high. Um, reality says we'll probably get trounced. <laughs> well, you say this, but remember last season, Paul, because you were on this horrendous run. And we went to Loftus Road under Chris Wilder. I think it was Wilder's first game. I think. Yeah, it was. It was, yeah. Because we, we all were like, like new manager bounce. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> new manager Yet bounce. Yet again. Run, yeah, I was going to say it runs out after like five managers. Um, so we've we've we would have used it up by then. 
Um, and I was like, um, Ainsworth told us this story, which is quite funny that he was they did all the research in Watford, they did all the yeah. match planning, the preparation, and they changed the manager. Was it Thursday or the Friday? I can't remember, but it, it was quite late. And he just like yeah. just went in, just pulled his notes up in the air and said, I hate Watford. Um, and um, yeah, so that's an interesting, but um, so what was the question again about Welder? No, um, there, there wasn't a question about Wilder. It, it was just me saying how you, you're all doom and gloom, but last season you, you would have been in the same position. Um, Watford would have been coming to town and, and you won 1-0. So, stranger things have happened. Um, I mean, mm. I should be confident. I mean, away from home now, oh, we seem to have sort of sorted ourselves out because away from home has generally speaking for Watford the last few seasons... You know, even going back to the season we went up in lockdown, you know, it, it hasn't been great for us. But we seem to have sorted that out, which is good. Um, but I think the whole thing of last season's just sticking in my mind. How, you know, we weren't great at the time, but it's just you guys were so poor, but still managed to get that win. You're obviously saying the fans are sticking with you. You know, the, mm. the, the, the gates are still good. I just think... You know, your fans will be up for it. It's a tight pitch. Um, if we don't sort of, if we concede an early goal, you're on about if you're conceding an early goal, the longer you keep it nil-nil, the more you'll grow in confidence. And I just, I do worry, and with team selection as well and everything, I'm going to go with a narrow, I'm going to copy your score, I'm going to go with a narrow 2-1 win to Watford. But okay. It could be an absolute, it, it could be a bore fest. And like you, I'd take a scrappy 1-0 win, last minute, comes off his arse sort of game, um, when really we should probably be setting our sights a little bit higher because of, you know, we've got an outside chance of the playoffs. We seem to have sort of booked our ideas or we're coming off the back of a, a win in the FA Cup. Um, Katie, in terms of yourself, what would you go for score prediction? Well, I, I can see it, like we've both all said, I can see it going both ways. I think this is a game where we always tend to give struggling teams the their points that they need. Like, we have kicked off so many teams this season by just giving them the win. Like, And I think we saw a glimpse of how we could be playing in the Chesterfield game in the FA Cup because they came, they were really loud, they had their fans. And, like, in the end, we were like, mm, we were actually quite lucky to win that. And maybe we did just get lucky to win it. And I think mm. it could be the same against QPR. We sort of, you know, we've got a few injuries around our squad. Team selection, like Mike was saying, is a bit hit and miss sometimes. Mm. I really could see it being one where the, the players are just not as revved up as they have been for the other games. Mm. Um, obviously, I hope that that's not the case. And I hope <laughs> that we just come out and build on our FA Cup win. So I think, but I think it could be something like a one 0 win, or yeah. like a bit of a bit of a snooze fest, maybe like a one one draw well, or something. Hamer's still waiting for his hundredth clean sheet, so fingers crossed. We've not had a clean sheet since Rotherham, and I think that was late October. And so, you know, um, I'm sure if there's any QPR fans watching, their ears will have pricked up at that. And I suppose, like we've said on the podcast recently, Katie, that. If we do go a goal behind, unlike last season, we don't panic straight away now. We think, okay, goal behind, not ideal, but we've we've shown that we've got fight in us. Um, 
Paul, just before you go, we uh, we we like to play uh, we like to play a game and, and test test your knowledge on the podcast. Now we didn't actually do this when you came on be- before. That was um, handy. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how many you can get. But we like to test the knowledge of QPR and Watford related. So I've got a list here of twenty two players that have represented Watford and QPR, and there is a league table. I think the person at the top, I think Middlesbrough fan is top with five players. Do you uh, think you can name five or more players? And if so, feel free to reel them off. Or reel off as so, many as you wish. Danny Situ. Yeah. Lee Cook. Yeah. Um, uh, Gavin Mahan. Yeah. Um, Watford. Uh, Palmer. Yeah. He was Watford. Palmer um, played for Watford and QPR. And it's more than that. I'm, I'm, oh, um, the full back. I'm sure Paige had something to do with QPR at some stage, but I can't remember what. Um, I didn't. I'm just making that up because I'm trying to. I'm not this. Uh, oh, yes, of course. I could have forget Chris Day. Um, Paul Furlong. Yeah. Um, Chris Day, Paul Furlong. Ah, your man, the Hungarian guy. Yeah, oh, beautiful of a free kick on him, for us at least. I don't know if he did it with you boys, but I can't remember his name. Yes, no. it was a Hungarian guy that came, and that's six. Oh, they did all right here. Um, who else is there? Um, There's two, which Watford viewers legends, so I'm going to be interested to see if you, you pick this up. Really? Yes. What about uh, kind of? Can we claim Kenny Jacket? Uh, I don't know. Did he play for you? No, he's a manager. Um, no. <laughs> gosh. Oh, legends. Watford. Yeah. Are you, uh, I'll give you. I'll give you a clue on one of them. Go the on. season that you won at Vicarage Road, and I Tell think you won the, Well, yeah, there's one of them. Um, the other one. The season that you won at Vicarage Road and you won the league, I'm pretty sure he was also playing in that game. That's as much clue as I can give because I don't want to be... Sean Derry didn't play for you. Hill didn't play for you. Paddy no. Kenny didn't play for you. Adam no. didn't play for you. Tommy Smith did. Um, uh, Helgerson. Yes. There we go. So That's I'm impressive, happy- that. Uh, yeah, I've counted eight. Are you uh, are you happy with eight? Do you want to you rest on that? I can reel off the rest then. Yeah, reel them off. I'm I'm, I'm going to kick myself at the end of it because there's obviously guys in the eighties and seventies that I haven't mentioned, which I'm going to kick myself. But crack on. Well, to be fair, we haven't got back that far. This list, the furthest it goes back is ninety nine, and that was Chris Day. So you've already said him. So you've got Gabriel Angela. Um. Another centre back, Clark Carlisle. Oh yeah, yeah. Another centre back, or um, yeah, I think he was centre back. Matthew Connolly. Oh, should have got that. Left back, <laughs> centre back, yeah. A midfielder who come on loan to Watford. He only made six appearances. He got sent off on his debut, and he was god awful. Samadhi Akita. Yeah, yeah, right. to remember him probably tells. No, I do, I do remember. Just, I do remember he did the same for us. He was bloody awful, and 
he just ran at people. It was hilarious. But yes, yes, yes. Um, Andre Gray. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, uh, he didn't have a great time with us. No, he uh, he didn't have a great time with us, to be honest. <laughs> um, Fitzall. Oh, Fitzy, yeah. Yeah, Richard Johnson, another Watford legend. Oh, God, he should have got that. Yeah. He was a uh, Paul Jones, goalkeeper. I think we had him on loan for one season. Oh, right, okay. Football, I think he was. Um, Stephen Kelly, Jordan. Oh, Mott, right, okay. Um, oh. You mentioned uh, you mentioned Palmer, Tamas Priskin. He was. He That's was, what uh, I was thinking of. He was hit and miss. I, I forgot he was at QPR. To be honest, um, Andros so Townsend nice. only made three appearances for us. We sent him back. He was that crap. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Daniel Tozer was the midfielder you were thinking of, Hungarian, unless you were thinking of Daniel Tozer. No, both of them, yes. Yes. I have both of them. They're both Hungarian. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And then the last two, uh, although one of them, I didn't know he played for QPR. Um, The first one, Ben Watson, legend of a a midfielder for Watford. He he was on loan for a while. He scored at Newcastle away, yes. Uh, and the one I didn't know played for you, um, Zarate, the striker. I don't remember him too much. How many games did he play no. for us? Um, he said he was playing for you in 2014, but he only made three appearances for Watford. So, he made him big for us. 2014, apparently. Well, okay. I mean, I've probably. Just, I pro- I've just Googled Maro Zarate QPR. And the first headline that comes up is titled QPR flop, Maro Zarate banned and fined two weeks wages for Liverpool strop. So that probably tells you why you don't remember him. But to be honest with you, it's, it's, I don't know how you find the Premier League, but we just became a different club. And we, our door became a revolving, and we were like, going, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? And they came <laughs> and they took wages and they didn't turn up really, and we got relegated twice. Um, the biggest wage losser and QPR fans going to hit me for saying this is Joey Barton. Can't stand the man. There you go. Yeah, he's uh, he's certainly making headlines at the moment. He's uh, yeah, bit of an idiot. Mm. You mentioned Lee Cook. Um, mm. <laughs> interesting story. We uh, we got one hell of a hammering from our fans. So I used to put out birthdays. So um, whenever it was an ex Watford player's birthday, I would put yeah. a tweet out. And it was Lee Cook's birthday. And I couldn't put the tweet out myself. So I messaged our group. I said, someone put a tweet out about Lee Cook. It's his birthday. And uh, let's just say we had to delete it 10 minutes later because... And I didn't quite realise. I think the circumstances in which he left Watford to go to yourselves was uh, was, was quite interesting. So whenever I think of Lee Cook now, I just shudder. Um, oh, yeah. It was, but, what I yeah. remember was... He's a local lad. He's a QPR yeah. fan. He won the Rangers. It's his side of the story. I'm sure there's another side of it. This is this not doesn't match up as it is with all footballers. You know, you say like, oh, "Look at me, I've come to." The... And he he did love QPR. He was great for us. He went to Fulham as well and came back to QPR. So obviously, he didn't like being outside W12. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, I appreciate you joining us tonight, Paul. As always, um, I... no problem. We had a, another QPR podcast message us and say you probably won't be hearing from us for a while. Now, it sounds like they're resigned to, to League One as well. 
hopefully, you know, I, I say hopefully, I'm going to get absolutely murdered for that comment. But, I, you know, I, I enjoy speaking to you. So maybe we'll chat next season. Who knows? Well, I'm going to train. This is our new winger. He's called Hugo. <laughs> It's a it's a it's a beagle um sheepdog who's probably very good at you bring your boots on the yeah. By the way, before we go, is it just me that it's these twelve thirty kickoffs in Sky? It's it's such a nonsense. Yeah. What would QPR should be three o'clock on a Saturday and a full game and a full crowd and it because it we both fill the grounds for each other. It's a nice game. And um I can't stand that, that Sky are just doing this again. It's just ridiculous, it's too early. Yeah, no, completely agree. Hey, man, good uh, good note to end on there, Paul. But uh, I, I appreciate your, your time tonight. And, uh, yeah, we might chat next season. We might not. Um, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that, but, yeah. Um, appreciate you talking. I was at the QPR's cup final play at Watford. He was very wrong about that, but never mind. We'll let, we'll let him away with that. Yeah, exactly. But um appreciate you joining us tonight, Paul. And uh I, I can't I can't bring myself to say other than Sunday, best of luck for the rest of the season because what That's type of fine. Watford fan what type of Watford fan would it be for which QPR are the best of the season? So, <laughs> I'd worry about uh, I'd worry about mental health. And uh, no look, <laughs> you know, listen, I hope uh, no offense, but I hope we slaughter you because we friggin' need to and um you just go on mm. to but thank you for asking me on. I've enjoyed it. It's good, it's good crack. And um, I like your QPR knowledge as well, because sometimes you go on these podcasts, they know nothing about QPR, but you've done your research, so thank you. And not in a non-patronising way. No, thank you very much. That's uh, that, that's good to hear. Sometimes I, uh, I I do research and think, is that right? Have they just ignored it because I'm talking absolute shite? Or, uh, yeah, so <laughs> but, uh, that's great to hear. But, yeah, take care, Paul, and, uh, yeah, we might chat again. Cheers, mate. Easy. So there we go, Katie. We know we've got the lowdown from QPR side. Um, I just, as as positive as things are at the moment with Watford, I just cannot get last season out of my head, and I am a little bit worried that the possibility could happen again. Um, just before we wrap up, Katie, in terms of team selection, Healy didn't have the best of games against Chesterfield, and he come off injured. That being said, he's since been Watford put a post out on their um, socials today of the players in training, and Healy was there. So whether it was just cramp and he come off as a precaution and he's all right now, do you expect many um, changes? Like what changes from the Chesterfield game would you make, or would you make any? Would, would you stick up? Obviously, the goalkeeper department, I think we know what your answer is going to be. But would there be any changes you'd be looking to make that maybe raise a few eyebrows? What would you do in midfield? You know, no Ed OKM by now, who it's got in for him. It sounds like he's having to come back from AFCON before he's even kicked the ball because he's injured. What would you do in midfield? Who would you go with as the central striker? What, what would you do? I think, I mean, one thing is I definitely wouldn't do is I definitely wouldn't go with Healy, I think. I think he didn't, I, I saw something on Twitter saying that the injury was just cramp in both legs. But again, for someone who's a striker and you're getting cramp in both of your legs and having to go off in the 60th minute or whenever it was, 70th minute, like that just shows signs of 
unfit, not not ready. And I think that is a main reason why we haven't seen him as much this season. And I do think that he didn't prove himself. I thought this will be a great chance for him to come and show us all why he should be starting games and he should get this game time. And he did nothing. The whole the whole game, he did nothing. It was really, really poor, I think. So I'm going to definitely say maybe Ryovic should come back in. You know, he did score. Uh, he looked a lot stronger, maybe mm. a bit more of like, I need to prove myself a bit. There was a bit more him rough um, tussling off at the front. So I'm definitely going to say him to come in. I'd definitely put Hamer back in goal. Um, I'd maybe play Hortius yeah. instead of Serralta. Put him yeah. back in. Uh, Deli Bashiru, I think he should play, but I think he should play in midfield from the get-go. None of this right-back nonsense. Just play Andrews. And then when... Because as soon as he shifted into midfield, the game clicked. We found our rhythm. When everyone yeah. was playing in the right positions, the game worked. Surprise, shocker, obviously not. Like, if you play... If you play Ryovic in goal, yeah, he's going to concede goals. Like, <laughs> I don't know why we were playing Deli Bashiru there. Um... I'd probably keep, like, relatively the same. I don't know, maybe, I mean, I'd have a split, a split of play um, and Martins probably, if Semmer <laughs> is injured still, which I think he is. Uh, so we have got a few, we have got a few injuries here and there, which is making the squad a slightly more small. I feel like, at the start of the season, we were going, oh, I don't know where we'd fit people. I don't know where we'd fit people. Mm. Now, we've got injuries here and there. I mean, not loads, but enough. And, you know, with Bayo with his suspension, that's obviously not helping with the um, options up front. But apart from that, I'd probably keep it relatively similar. Just, you know, a few tweaks here and there. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think I currently disagree with what, Well, the only thing I would do differently, which I'll tell you in a minute... I'm just trying to see, actually, if Mark's team tallies up with what I've got because I think, no, he's gone similar to what you've gone. So, Mark says, Hamer in goal, Andrews, Porteous, Hoot and Morris. He'd go Semmer at left-back if he's fit. Uh, I don't think the pre-match press conference has gone ahead yet. So, hopefully, we'll find out sort of later this week if Semmer is back in training or anything. Uh, Livermore, Bashiru, Kone... Martins, Ryovic, Espria. Uh, I've pretty much, I think, my only difference is the midfield. So I've got Hamer in goal, uh, Morris, Hoot, Porteous, Andrews, Livermore, Kone and Chatford Tadzi I've got. Mm. And then I've got a front three of Martins, Espria and Ryovic. And I just think that Chatford Tadzi has, I, I th it's a good headache to have because as you've rightly pointed out, Katie, Delhi Bashiru, when he was moved into midfield on Saturday, was a completely different player and you know things started to click and the movement was much better but on on the on the other side as well um Chatford's adds it every time he gets the ball he just looks a drive forward and he's looked so much more energetic mm. and it coincided with his whole whether it was true or not this whole rumor of him being unhappy with the minutes and possibly looking at leaving and well cutting the loan short so um you know whether that's true or not I don't know but Maybe it's coincided with that. Maybe he's that's his way of saying, no, that was rubbish. This is what I'm about. I'm taking my opportunity. Um, so, yeah, you know, pretty similar teams. 
Rajovic, I mean, yeah, he, he did look much better. We've got to remember, though, he, he was against the team three divisions below. But they're the games you can maybe get your sort of confidence back in. You know, if you can yeah. get... He's come off the bench again. And I read another stat where he's scored nine goals in all competitions now. And I think he's only started something like... I don't know if it's... It was something like 13 games or something like that. Yeah, and scored nine goals. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, his goals to minutes ratio is is what you want. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. the other 99.9% of being a striker, he's he's not quite got yeah. yet. So, I would personally, if Bio was back, which he isn't, I think this is his last game now, suspension. Yeah. Um, I, I would have gone for Bio because he just works harder off the ball and I think he needs mm. that away from home. But Rajovic it is. So, yeah, um, and definitely bring Porteous back in. I think Sierra's looked a bit shaky in recent weeks. Mm-hmm. So that's no fault of his own. Uh, Mark has also said that um, Backman, Sierra, Chavitadze, Healy, loser could be off. Pollock could be off. Hurtado, Greaves, uh, plus two. I think, yeah, he's missing two off the bench there. Um, <coughs> If you're not sure what uh, Mark's on about there, with Pollock could be off. Uh, the Athletic have reported tonight that we're interested in um, in Udinese centre back, and he's a he's a Croatian under twenty one defender. He's a left sided centre back, um, and I've timed that impeccably because I was googling his name whilst I was uh, reeling off some some stats about him. Then he, Antonio. Tikvic, if I've pronounced that correctly. Uh, Udinese signed him in 2023 from Bayern Munich and he only made two appearances for uh, Bayern Munich 2 because in um, in Germany they just put two at the end of it to donate to show that it's their reserve team. Um, so yeah, you know, he's he sort of bounced around in Germany and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure why we'd be going for a centre-back. I, I think, you know, it's a bit harsh on Pollock. Uh, Pollock's rumoured to be going out on loan to Charleroi in Belgium. And anyone, again, that doesn't know who that is, where we bought Bio from. Mogi Bayat's got strong links with that team. Um, so, you know, possible that he might be sort of, his fingers might be in that pie. But, um, yeah, I feel a bit bad for, for Pollock if he does go out on loan because, you know, when he's come on, he um, he's, he's looked all right, hasn't he, Katie mm. Pollock? And I, I expected him to start against Chesterfield. So maybe the fact that he is going out was the reason he didn't play. But uh, do, do you feel a bit sorry for him as well? Yeah, and I feel like this year especially, he actually has had quite a bit of game time. Like, there has been some games where he's, you know... I can't think exactly, but there were games where he's come on and played the last 20 minutes of a game. Like, you are going to need people like that to come on. And every time he's come on, I think, oh, yeah, he's really done the job here. Like, he's done well. He's put in, put in a shift. And if it's, oh, we need to hold on to the win, he's done that. I think a few years ago, he would be a bit shaky when he would have to come on and do that. But now when he comes on, I'm thinking, yeah, fresh legs. He can do what he's been asked. So I think it is quite harsh, but I hope I did in the article, it did say that it was a top priority. So maybe that is something that they've just decided with him that he wants to be playing, you know, more. And, you know, fair enough, that's a fair ask. And he knows that he's not really going to get in over um, Pollock, um, not Pollock. He's not going to get in over our team now. So, mm. but I do think it is about 
you know, we're already kind of down to like, I don't want to be like bare bones, but even though they are players on the bench, they are still people that we rely on. Like when you, like, even when Mark was saying his subs, how that he can't even list like a full bench of subs at the moment, you don't really want to be sending more players off unless you've got people coming in and people who can come in and play now. Mm. It's all good signing these young players, but are they going to play now and do the job now? Who knows? Absolutely. And Mark makes two very good points there um, with the the chap from Udinese, Tikvic. He's a left-sided centre-back. It's to, he could possibly free up, you know, giving Hoot a rest because Hoot's played, I think Hoot's still on that incredible record where he's played every minute of football so far this season. Uh, Pollock's come on seven times this season on the bench. Uh, and then he, um, he also says that he thinks Pollock... He, he thinks Pollock might be going out is because he's very right-sided. And obviously, we've got Sierra and Porteous. I mean, Sierra are not doing great at the moment, but a better option than Pollock. And uh, yeah, I, I think you've you've just summed up what Mark's thinking. The reason he couldn't name them two subs is because you know injuries or suspensions yeah. means at the moment we're a bit we're a bit light on that side, and we know that Val likes to to work with a small group. So. It'll be interesting to see what happens. We are obviously in the January transfer window. We've got 21 days, um, three weeks till it closes. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think there's been various articles to suggest that not a great deal is going to happen. Um, I can only see a few outgoings. I think Lorient were, or Lorient, I don't know how you pronounce it, were linked with loser. Um, I think they've, they've basically said that they're looking at getting him on loan. It doesn't surprise me whatsoever. Uh, he come on against Chesterfield, but it wasn't his game. wasn't the type of game for him. But then again, we have just had Hurtado come in and he looked lively and he got an assist on his debut against Chesterfield as well. So maybe, who knows, he could he could add a different dimension to us and, and let's see what he can add. But yeah, um, QPR on Sunday, you know, it's uh, it's been great to talk to Paul, as I said earlier in the show. And, Hopefully, we can make amends because last season at Loftus Road was uh, was not good. So, <laughs> if anyone's going, I believe we've sold out. That does not surprise me, even though it's on a Sunday. Um, he, you know, safe travels, uh, and hopefully you bring back the three points, and we can we can go into the next game then, which I believe is Bristol City, and and get revenge for Boxing Day because that was uh, that one's still leaving a bit of a sour taste in my mouth, if I'm honest. So. Yeah, hopefully we can pick up because we've got some nice, sort of nice games coming up, which is which is good. And uh, this this is really whether we're going to see whether this team is really up for the fight and sneak into the back doors of the playoffs. So, yeah, thank you very much for tuning in tonight, guys. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. If you like the video, don't forget to drop a like on YouTube and hit subscribe as well. Um, the likes and the views on the last few podcasts have been absolutely amazing, and we cannot thank you enough. Um, I think Cam is going to the game. In fact, he is going to the game on Sunday. Uh, I can't imagine he's going to do a match day vlog because he doesn't do that sort of stuff. Um, but we will hopefully keep the match day vlogs regular. Uh, ben did the one for Chesterfield and uh, it seemed to be received well. But yeah, um, thank you for tuning in tonight. We'll be back on either Sunday evening or Monday to talk about the QPR game. But till then, take care, everyone. Thank you for watching. And come on, you horns.
Sports Social Podcast Network.